0: Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit osbornemediahouse.com to get special access to, to- Come on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 3503. We are at the end of the story mode for Star Wars Squadrons. There's actually more stories to tell about it though, which is surprising, and we'll get into that in the next couple of episodes, but for the video games story mode itself, this is the final story, and it involves how Vanguard Squadron actually escapes from the Nadiri Dockyards and the Ringali Nebula. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvat, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So yesterday we talked about the final attack of the Imperial Star Destroyer Overseer and Titan Squadron on the Starhawk prototype and how the Overseer left the system after that, but a bunch of the Empire ships decided to stay and continue to fight against the New Republic forces that were there and how, yeah, there were a couple of things that seemed to sort of not make sense, and I don't know if it's necessarily a plot hole per se, or if it's character fallibility, or how to chalk that up, but we have kind of a similar thing (laughs) that happens in today's episode, or at least today's part of the story that we're talking about. So the mission here is called Last Flight of the Starhawk, and it's such a crazy idea, I fully expected it to be Harris and Dula's idea, but no, this actually comes from Ardo Baradai, the fleet intelligence officer for Vanguard Squadron. That Moncala officer says, oh yeah, you know how Titan Squadron turned the Starhawk into a ticking time bomb? Well, we're going to drag it into the core of that moon gallatin that's being ripped up by the Ringali Nebula, and the resulting explosion should take out all the imperial forces that are mustered around the planet that are pinning Vanguard Squadron down or around the moon, I guess I should say. And so your mission as Vanguard Squadron is to first take out a Star Destroyer from the rest of the fleet that's left behind that is in the way of getting the Starhawk to that torn up moon. And then after that, a couple of Imperial light cruisers show up that you have to destroy and a bunch of fighters. You have to a bunch of dis- uh, destroy... <laughs> And meanwhile, a few Corvettes are in the area and they get into the tractor beam range of the Starhawk because what Titan Squadron did to the tractor beam core, the tractor beam is now firing at random points. And so when it fires, it grabs onto a Corvette if they position a bunch of Corvettes in front of it. And because the Starhawk has no engine capacity of its own, the Corvettes, when they get caught in the tractor beam, can start towing the starhawk, get it up to a certain speed where you know they can get it going and drag it and have it run on a collision course to the torn up moon of Gallatin. So your job as Vanguard Squadron is to protect the Corvettes from all the fire coming from various Imperial ships, and then to protect the Starhawk to make sure that nobody blows it up prior to it blowing itself up in the moon. Now, in the mission briefing, Harris says that, you know, this has to happen before the Imperials get wise to what they're doing, and when you're in the battle, the rest of the star destroyers that are there are not engaging with the starhawk or the corvettes or anything like that it's just fighters and the light cruisers and lyndon Javes, who yeah he's back <laughs> and that's another thing says oh yeah they don't need to get involved when they think they're going to win so oof, yeah this feels like you know giving a justification in game for the realization not happening so uh yeah i'm not entirely sure about that but yeah, I just mentioned that we thought Lyndon James was dead and I said in yesterday's episode, well, you know, we didn't see, you know, him going, like, in the Death Star trenches with all the X-Wings and Y-Wings and so I just, I left it open as a possibility that maybe he's not dead. Well, somehow, he not only managed to survive a crash into the Starhawk, but his X-Wing managed to survive the crash. So, maybe somehow he was able to go into an open landing bay strangely enough but we find out that he is actually on the starhawk but since the starhawk you know has no engines and there's no talk about it having weapons capacity of any kind at this point he's just basically there along for the ride (laughs) and then once the starhawk hits its you know maximum speed that they need it to be at and it passes the point of no return for slamming into the moon, he's able to fly his damaged X-Wing out of the Starhawk and then lead the rest of Vanguard Squadron through the resulting blast wave to get away and survive the incident. Yeah, and in-game, it does seem like it takes a long time once the Starhawk is up to its cruising speed that you have to defend it to make sure that it reaches the point of no return for crashing into the moon. So, also, I don't know what... (laughs) The Empire is thinking, like, why are they towing this thing? They must have a reason to do it, and yet they don't react to it. So that's one thing. I did also kind of have my doubts about you know, the five starfighters of Vanguard Squadron taking out an Imperial Star Destroyer. And this has happened a couple of times where just a few starships are able to take out a full-on Star Destroyer. And I was like, Ugh, you know, this does seem like it's it's passing credulity, but then again, I was also thinking about what happened in Return of the Jedi and how it took, you know, a couple of fighters to destroy the shield generator on the executor and then, you know, one ship crashing into the bridge and suddenly it's down. So these Star Destroyers, for all the might that they bring, actually somehow seem crazily vulnerable. And then there's another bit that came across as odd to me also, where Harrison Doula tells you that the Empire did not actually try to secure the Nadiri dockyards for themselves. They were too busy chasing the temperance. And so Harris sends Hale and Meteor Squadron to secure the dockyards. It seems like if the Empire was not paying attention to the dockyards that they might need Hail and Meteor Squadron to deal with the fact that there were multiple Star Destroyers around and they were only focused on attacking the Temperance. So yeah, I don't quite get that. And also I guess it raises the question of did they plan on still using the dockyards to build the next round of Starhawks? Because this whole project was supposed to be done in secret, so they could suddenly be like, Ta-da! We've got things that can go toe-to-toe with Star Destroyers. And now the Empire knows about the Nadiri Dockyard, so you'd think they'd have to start the manufacture of the next round of Starhawks somewhere else entirely. And this also speaks to the idea of, why are they building Starhawks that need to go toe-to-toe with Star Destroyers when you could send a half dozen Rebel Starfighters or New Republic Starfighters against a Star Destroyer and it'd be able to destroy it? So, uh, yeah, maybe it doesn't pay to examine these things too closely. Oh, and one other funny thing. Hera also describes the engineers who have been working on the Starhawk project as civilian engineers. and. I don't know if that's accurate, because it's a military project, so they may have been you know, civilians, but they are military contractors at this point, and it kind of put me in mind of that scene in Kevin Smith's Clerks, the original one, where they get into a conversation with a random customer about the morality of the independent freelance contractors who built the second Death Star, and whether they were just innocents who got destroyed by the rebels, or whether their morality was checked at the door and so if they knew what they were doing then they were you know not necessarily innocent civilians getting caught up in the conflict so that's how the game ends you've got the ticking time bomb of the starhawk prototype that gets towed into the core of a tone up moon it blows up the resulting blast destroys all the imperial forces that remain in the area and I guess it was far enough away from the Nidiri dockyards themselves so that they didn't get trashed, and the rest of the New Republic escapes back to Chandrila. Project Starhawk lives on and will eventually result in three battleships that show up at the Battle of Jakku, And that is going to do it for our individual looks at the story mode moments of Star Wars Squadrons. There's still a bit more to talk about. We'll do a final review of the game. There's also a couple of short stories, actually, that were published about the game, too, which I thought was fun and was a little bit surprising to track down. But yeah, they're there. So we'll talk about those as well. But for today, at least, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll consider leaving a rating or review on your app of choice where you catch the show. If there's a subscribe button or a follow button or a join button, whichever one you like, I hope you'll consider doing that as well. And I hope you'll also consider sharing the show with other friends and people you know who like Star Wars, whether in real life or on social media or a combination thereof. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the show as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be.